Hi, and welcome to SCL, the Subject, Composition, and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from RobNumphoto.com, and this is my audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. This is episode 245 for the 23rd of November 2014, and I hope everybody's had a fantastic week. The weather's been a little bit crappy here today in Gosport. Um, in fact, it's five past eight in the evening and I'm just uploading a video to YouTube um, because today was just all about going down the shops. I had a day off actually. It was about going down the shops, getting some food in, doing some chores, but it was raining all day so I couldn't really go out and take any photographs. I recorded some videos instead and I've just completed one about ten great um, well, good anyway, YouTube channels uh, that you might want to subscribe to if you're um, into photography and videography. So if you ever fancy checking out my YouTube channel, just go over to rubnumphoto.com, go down on the right-hand side and click on YouTube. Or if you just search on Google for, I don't know, Rob Nunn, uh, it's R-O-B space N-U-N-N, and YouTube or Scale Speeder, one of the first things that normally comes up is the YouTube channel because I've done quite a few videos it's a bit of a passion of mine to be honest i love photography but i also like making videos about photography as well and over the last year i guess it's really kind of come into its home by because i've had the um, 600d to do videos with and things like the um, zoom h1 to record sound with and generally having a new laptop to render 1080p videos with it's kind of come together really and i'm really looking forward to maybe what i can do in 2015 on the video side sort of bringing the videos and the still side of things together i'm kind of getting my head around that it's all about telling a story um and maybe what i'm best at isn't doing massive long technical videos about stuff but but shorter shorter videos but anyway i've kind of kind of got a few ideas i'm kind of thinking about whether a second video camera might really help something like a, a GoPro just to use for b-roll footage when I'm out and about because at the moment what happens is if I'm doing a, a sort of video where I'm doing a feed field trial what I do is I wander around and I take photographs and I video myself as I'm doing it using my phone which is okay but the quality isn't that good and especially when you're using the uh, camera that's the same size as the screen on my HTC One Max, if the light changes significantly during the clip, the audio goes out of sync, which can be a bit of a pain, and I've kind of fallen in love with the idea of getting a GoPro, because they've just brought out the new Hero 4 range, which means that the other ones are getting a, a quite a lot cheaper. And I've done a lot of research, and I've, I've been looking at the Hero 3 Plus White, which at the moment in the UK is about £200, and that seems to be the best one in terms of balance between quality and functionality. The, with the GoPro Hero uh, 3 Plus Silver, sorry, not the white, the silver one, you get the Wi-Fi so you can connect it to your phone, so you can uh, you know, uh, actually compose shots. It's got a really nice sensor. It can shoot 10 frames per second stills and do all the... Stop motion stuff and the uh, the um, time lapse, um, but it's not the silly price that the three plus blacks go for. So I think that's probably the one. Oh, I don't know. You know, the old credit card might have to take a hit because I've really, 
I kind of got this obsession with it, to be honest, at the moment. I keep looking at footage thinking, if I had a GoPro on the end of a tripod or on a gorilla pod, that would really help me when I'm doing my videos. Um, but anyway, there we go. So if anybody's had experience with using GoPros, not necessarily as action cams, you know, on the front of bicycles and things, but as an ordinary video camera or even a still camera, I'd really like to hear from you. So drop me an email, scalespeeder at gmail.com. But so what have I been up to since... Um, the last podcast. Well, I kind of, I tell you what I did for the first time in a long time, a couple of days ago. Um, it was a nice day in Portsmouth, so at lunchtime I made a special effort to throw my camera bag over my shoulder and rush out in the car, nip down to uh, the Hilsey Lines, which is the northern bit of Portsmouth that has um, like a moat and uh, it's quite sort of pretty anyway and take some photographs because i only have half an hour at lunch, half an hour for lunch and it was really good and in fact what i'll do is in the notes for sel245 i'll i'll embed the youtube video i did of that particular little photo walk and i enjoyed it so much just getting out in the fresh air and using my camera for the first time for a few it must have been a week actually because i haven't been uh, able to to go out because of the weather it was just oh, you know when avadon said that you know a day he didn't feel like he was alive unless he'd taken and used his camera in a, in a day. And sometimes I feel a bit like that. Or I feel more alive when I've actually used my camera. So, so that was fantastic. I also have just completed a couple of more videos. Um, I did my review of the Low Pro uh, Flipside 400AW backpack rucksack type camera bag, which I've had for several years now, but I've never really used it as a camera bag. Just used it to store stuff in. In the cupboards. But after I review, after I reviewed the um, Think Tank Photo Retrospective 30 um, a few weeks ago, I thought it only fair to give the Low Pro a go, and it was it's been very impressive over the last few weeks. It's a very comfortable rucksack type camera bag for lugging a lot of gear around, um, and I it, especially in situations where maybe you're in the woods or you're out hiking where. Um, you know, there's low-hanging trees and things where you wouldn't want to use a cotton-type bag because it would get snagged on uh, on thorns and things like that. And I really like the the 400 AW. I don't think it's really for that great for an urban environment. And in fact, today I've done another video where I compare the two, and that one will be coming out over the next few video if, uh, over the next few days. And I kind of recommend in that one that if you're a street photographer or an urban photographer. The retrospective 30 is the better option, um, but if you're into hiking or you're a landscape photographer, especially if you need to carry a tripod, because the Flipside 400 comes with a little catch for a, to carry a small tripod, then you know that's the bag, that's the bag for you. But both camera bags carry about the same amount of equipment, and it's really just that question of do you want one that looks more like a, a messenger bag, more like a a nappy bag uh, like the retrospective 30 doesn't look like a camera bag or something like the uh, 400aw which definitely looks like a camera bag but is a little bit more utilitarian um i also did an interesting photo walk where i went out specifically to use the 18 to 55 kit lens that come with my came with my canon 600d and kind of put it through its paces because we kind of knock the kit lenses, don't we? Especially the 18 to 55 as being soft and not very good. But as long as you play to its strengths, i.e., you know, stop it down, don't shoot at f3.5, shoot at f5.6 or f8, 
um, to make the lens a little bit sharper. And really think about those focal lengths. You know, 18 millimeters of a kit lens is that's really wide angle. So you've got to be pretty close. You've got to be close to your subject, or excuse me, you need to have something in the foreground because then you can take advantage of receding lines because everything gets further away very very quickly and you can get some very dramatic shots but you can also get lots of um, distortion lots of perspective distortion um, in buildings and things and straight lines become curved so you have to be careful but then you just you know you've got all, got all that power of that zoom where you've got the 55 so if you want less distortion you just zoom it to 55 and I really enjoy going out with the 18 to 55 because it is a very very light lens sure it's not the best in the world and the is isn't you know the best in the world but you can capture some decent photographs in decent light and i think in the video i kind of showed that that it's all very nice that when you've got the budget to upgrade to get a sharper lens happy days you know but you can still get good stuff with the kit lens uh, that came with your camera now the main subject for today's podcast is zooms versus prime so this kind of comes on from uh, my field trial with the 18 to 55 and you know the question is what's the biggest benefit shooting a prime lens gives you is it quality the quality of your photograph that is is it that prime lenses are sharper than their zoom cousins is it the better background blur or small depth of field you get with a prime lens and let's think about think about it the other way as well. What's the biggest benefit of shooting with a zoom instead of a prime? Is it the multiple angles of view you can get without having to move? Is it the light weight of a zoom compared to having to carry multiple prime lenses? And maybe it's also the convenience of having all those focal lengths in one piece of glass. Before we carry on there, let's take a step back and look at these two different types of lenses and the pros and cons of each and try to answer that question. What's the benefits of shooting with zooms or primes? Maybe, you know, what's the best? First up, prime lenses. Prime lenses are a lens with a fixed focal length, so there's no zoom. And this was the main type of kit lens that came with film SLRs right up until the early 1980s. Prime lenses give you a fixed angle of view. If you want more in your shot or less, you've got to move your feet and either get closer or further away. Now, prime lenses typically have wider apertures than zooms, they, so they can let in a lot more light. So you can use them in darkest conditions, but also having a wider aperture also means that you can have a smaller depth of field, which means you can blur the background much easier. Primes are often lighter and smaller and cheaper to produce, and normally they're sharper than the equivalent zoom at that particular focal length. So then, if they're technically better, why doesn't everybody shoot with primes all the time? Why is it that zooms are the kit lenses you get with your camera, even really expensive cameras? You know, And why do they always dominate the bestseller list of photography shops all over the world? And there's one answer to that, obviously, convenience. Yeah, try to imagine what it was like when the first affordable, usable zooms came along. If you lived in a world of primes, where if you needed to change your angle of view, you either had to reach into your heavy camera bag and change lenses, try and think how liberating it would have been not to have to do that anymore. So instead of lugging around that heavy camera bag with lots of different lenses in, you can now get away with one or two lenses, and then you can zoom in and out to get just the framing and composition you wanted without having to move around. You could capture more magical moments because you wouldn't be missing them because you were changing your lens. 
or if you had the wrong lens on, or because you'd gone home because your shoulder hurt too much from carrying that heavy camera bag full of primes. So, what should you shoot with? Zooms or primes? Zooms are convenient, primes are better quality, but again, it's not quite as simple as that. I think that primes can be really helpful in teaching us alternative framing composition for our photographs. When you've got a wide angle zoom in your camera, probably like the kit lens I was talking about earlier, it's very, very easy when faced with a subject uh, that fills the frame to just zoom out a bit and fit everything in. Now this isn't always a bad thing, but photos where you can see everything can be a little bit postcardish. Where it gets interesting is where you start making decisions, is, is where you start to crop in. And this is what some of the more popular primes help us, or indeed force us to do. You know, stick a 40mm or 50mm prime on your crop sensor body, you can't get a wide shot. It's, it's a telephoto setup. You have to think more creatively. Well, maybe not more creatively, but you've got to make decisions about where you're going to point your camera. Um, it makes us really think about composition, what's important in the photo, what you want to capture. Because you just, you know, you just can't get everything in unless you want to do a panorama and take time doing that. And I really like this side of pri side of primes, the way that you, they force you to look at the world through a fixed and smaller angle of view. And that's all the better if you can then translate that skill back to when you're using your zoom lenses, which are obviously a lot more convenient to carry around. And that's the catch. You know, use your primes. To, to get more unusual photos than you normally would take and then recognize why they are more unusual because you're using a longer focal length and then take that back to your primes so there we have it if we ask the question which should you use zooms or primes the answer has to be it depends for lightweight convenience you can't beat having two or three zooms in your bag but recognize that you're trading off image quality against the ability to have your camera shooting for longer sure an 85mm 1.4 is great for portraits and a 400mm 5.6 superb for wildlife with a 24mm for wide. But imagine how heavy your camera bag would be and the shots you'd miss changing between those lenses. My theory is this. Stick with a simple wide and telephoto zoom for your basic kit like an 18-55 and 55-250. Then supplement this with a prime say 40 or 50 or 85 depending on your style of shooting you know if you're really into your portrait photography get stick with 85 if you're more of a walk around person go with a 40 if you're more of a do all sorts of stuff maybe low light and you want the ultimate in background blur get a 50 18 and then you could always add a super wide zoom like a 10 to 20 and you're pretty much set for any photo situation apart from sports or wildlife when you probably want to be adding a super long zoom as well so zooms versus primes both is the answer now um <laughs> yes this month's photo assignment night photography hasn't gone very well has it i know i've i've actually tell you what i've actually been out honestly honestly i've been out twice in the car ready to take a photo at night and both times it's been it started to rain Actually, first time it started to rain, and the second time there was lots of um, mist around, and I was tired, and I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this. So, if you don't want to put anything into the photo assignment this month, don't worry, I'm probably not going to. I'm probably just going to delete that, that thread, and then we'll quietly move on 
to next month's one, which I don't know what it is yet, but I'll tell you about it in the next uh, the next um, podcast. But there's some great stuff going on in the Flickr Photo group anyway. Um, I always love looking at the photos from everybody. You, you, you lot do great work, and it inspires me to get out there and take photos as well. And also, I tell you what, I've been getting some great questions as well recently. Um, comments on the YouTube, and also direct emails. And please send them to me, because... If they're relevant, I'll stick them in. I'll do a podcast. Now, if you do send me a question, and sometimes it takes me quite a while to reply, and if I do say I'm going to put it in a podcast, I probably will sometime in the future, but I kind of have a list of podcast ideas that I slowly work my way through because at the moment I'm kind of doing one podcast every two weeks. Um, And you probably notice we're, we're creeping towards episode 250, which is kind of... I don't know, it feels a bit special, especially as I've just uploaded my 500th epith- uh, 500th video to YouTube as well. So I'm going to do a, a special video about that over the, over the next few days or maybe next week as well. And it kind of feels like I'm coming to like this crossroads of, that's an awful lot of content, isn't it? And uh, yeah, very, very exciting. I can't believe that I'm still as passionate now, coming up to 250 episodes of the podcast and 500 episodes of the YouTube channel as I was when I started. If anything, I love it even more because of all the different people I've I've met on the internet and in person. It's just been really, really nice. So a big, big thank you to everybody out there for encouraging me, watching the videos, listening to the podcast. Uh, um, it's been really good. And um, thanks to Tech Podcasts as well. You know, if you're into your tech podcast, go to techpodcast.com and check out the other stuff they've got over there because they've got great uh, podcasts. So, that's enough from me. It's about 20 past 8. It's time to have a nice cup of coffee, I think. I hope everybody enjoys their next couple of weeks taking photographs. And, uh, you know, Christmas is coming as well. I want to thank everybody for taking part in the Flickr photo group. Thank everybody for um, sending me emails and comments. And most of all, I'd really like to thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast. It means so much. That's it from me. My name's Rob from RobNoFoto.com. Remember, you can email me, scalespeeder at gmail.com. And hopefully, pretty soon, I'll see you on Flickr.